Do you have a show or a YouTube channel, podcast, or relevant product that you want to promote at the top of the Elseworlds Exchange? Well, now's your chance, man. For 50 bucks, you'll get a month's worth of plugs at the audio version right here of the Elseworlds Exchange. Right at the top of the show, first thing they'll hear... Now, it'll probably still be my voice, but you'll write up a short one-minute plug, we'll record it, and toss it at the front of the show. Or, alternatively, for 20 bucks, you can get a month's worth of plugs at the end of the show. Right after you hear us sign off, same deal, one-minute scripted plug for your stuff. How do you take advantage of this incredible opportunity? Just go to therealcomicpop.com, hit the contact button at the top, and fill everything out, and we'll work it out through PayPal. By the way, we do reserve the right to reject or accept based on our own personal taste. I'm not going to plug your Nazi podcast, man. I'm sorry. You know what? I'm not sorry about that. But you're not going to do it anyway. So go to therealcomicpop.com, hit the contact button at the top of the page, fill everything out, and we'll work it out. Worth it. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes a friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. Mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police. But a crusade of Hello, everybody. Welcome to Elseworlds Exchange. I'm Sal, and I'm joined today by Jason Inman of Jowin and DC All Access. What up, man? Hey, dude. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to talk about comic book things that we have forgotten about. Yes, that we as a collective group have forgotten, and it's it's shame on us for letting them fade into obscurity. How Uh, dare us? We're assholes. Right? What is the matter with us? That's that's actually (laughs) rule number one of uh, any show, is at the top of the show, insult your audience. Um, That's right. Before we get started, uh, Jason, there's a lot of great stuff that you're working on. Of course, what is uh, what are some of those things, and where can they find them? Well, first off, I want to talk about. We're going to talk about comic books. Uh, I love talking about comic books. Sal, you love reading comic books. Um, uh, me and my wife have made a comic book. It's called Jupiter Jet Number One. Now, you may have heard that we did kickstart it a while ago. Well, it's going to come out in comic stores on December sixth. And that means that it's in October previews. And if you don't know comic fans, that means that this is the time that you need to go to comic book shops and tell them to order Jupiter Jet. It's yeah, a yeah. Kim Possible meets the Rocketeer type story set in 1935 about a girl with an um, experimental jetpack. It's like the best steampunk Pixar movie you've never seen. And we're really make. proud of it. <laughs> What's that? Sorry. That they'll never make because that it's they'll never too, make. It's yeah. Um, so if you would go to your, if you want to, that sounds like a cool thing to you. We have a cover by uh, John Boy Myers from the Teen Titans and Royals fame. He's a really amazing artist, and um, it's in October previews, page number two five four. Or you can just go to your local comic book shop and be like, hey, give me some of that Jupiter Jet if that sounds like something for you. But this is how you support comic books. This is how you make sure that cotton the comic books don't become forgotten. Oh, good transition. Uh, but, I like that. Yeah, we're really proud of it, and uh, please go check it out. Yeah, I picked up my copy over at New York Comic Con this past Woo! month. And, yes, uh, you did. My copy's over there. It's on the other side of the room. I'd show it to you, but I'd have to get up, and I'm not going to do that. So, uh, yeah, let's jump into it. Today, we're going to be talking about forgotten universes. Um, we're going to. I guess we'll start with... With one, just to give you kind of an, everybody kind of an example of what we're talking sure. about. Um, the Amalgam Universe, which was created from the Marvel DC co-productions um, after the Marvel versus DC event that took place in, I want to say, 1997 or something. I Yeah, I think you're about right. Maybe 96. Uh, mm-hmm. But the idea being that uh, the climax of story spoilers is that they the, 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 the two universes themselves merge and that all the characters merge and then you get a whole new universe birthed out of it. And... It has a big like cult following, but you never really see anything about it except for a horrible access type spin-off series that eventually dwindle and die. Mm-hmm. But it's this whole separate universe with a whole rich mythology and all a bunch of different characters and they the people who worked on those one shots that came out that were set in that universe really put a lot of effort and work into them. 
Only to and a lot of them are really good. And I, I wonder, it's funny, because, like, this is just kind of talking about publishing and stuff, but, like, Marvel and DC are kind of intrinsically tied, and, you know, while mm-hmm. they are competitors, if one were to die, I feel like the other would also be hurt in an irreparable way. I agree. And so, if we're all in the same boat and we're all in this together, why not just, like, form a satellite company that makes amalgam that's literally called amalgam comics that just makes those books and just go the deal is we split it down the middle um our exclusivity contracts do not apply to amalgam comics as like a special clause and we just publish dark claw books and super soldier books (laughs) and spider boy books i want spider boy the most right i i hated spider boy because he represented the spider clone to me and i was like no (laughs) oh (laughs) but uh, you know the the toughest thing about that though is um how Disney has stopped any of the crossovers between the two companies. I, I've been told that by multiple, uh, um, multiple um, DC editors. Yeah, have told me that they have pitched like crossover because if you notice, DC is is actually doing a lot of crossovers. They're doing IDW crossovers. They're doing um, their boom crossovers. They're, oh. they're crossing over with a lot of companies right now. This is like a new renaissance for DC crossovers, and it's actually kind of funny because I remember like in the nineties. Marvel was crossing over with everybody. There were quite a few Wildstorm crossovers with Marvel. Mm-hmm. And DC was kind of... I remember uh, there was... I want to say 94 to 96 or something. There was this Bat embargo where they were like, no. No Bat... Like, you can't use Batman in anything except yes. for this one thing. Mm-hmm. And it was because they felt like he was getting too oversaturated. They were just using too much Batman, which is hilarious to think about today. Fun fact, we were talking about a little bit earlier the Wildstorm. Uh, uh, is it 30th or 25th anniversary? I thought it was 30th, but it might I be I think 25th. it's 30th. I think you're right. Um, the 30th anniversary hardcover in there, there is a piece of art by J. Scott Campbell about a abandoned Gen 13 Batman crossover. Yes, I've seen that art. And let me tell you. Having read the Spider-Man Gen 13 crossover, I think it would have been horrible. <laughs> but I want it. I want to know what. Ha- I want to know who wrote that and, wh- yeah. and where that script is because I don't know, man. Because Locked they gave up in those the books to anybody. Like, we we covered uh, JLA. We, we covered JLA Wildcats. I like that series. I think that was horrible, but it's written by I Grant like Morrison, and it's like. Can you imagine who would have written the Batman Gen 13 crossover? It would have been somebody like, they could have gotten Frank Miller or, or, uh, it or Alan Moore. It probably would have been Chuck Dixon, to be honest with you, it, at the time. No it probably would have been Chuck Dixon. Well, he did that. Uh, he did. I think he did both of the Batman Punisher crossovers. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And, uh, he did, the one with Azrael and the one with uh, normal Batman. Exactly. Obviously. But yeah, Batman. you're right, man. Amalgam is like this series that I think 20 years after, it's funny... I've reread most of those issues actually this year because I tracked down all the trades this year because I was like, I really want them. And, you know, rereading them uh, without the nostalgia glasses, a lot of them aren't great, Mm -hmm. but the idea of them are so amazing. And because they're based on these, like, long-lasting characters, they have such an expansive history that new universes generally don't have. It's because we're leaning on the histories of like Superman and Wolverine, all those characters. So like that universe seems so much more expansive than it actually is. Right. And you also get a chance to parallel those characters and see the kind of shades that they all share. You know, you're, Mm -hmm. you're able to run those parallels and go like, no, actually there is kind of a correlation between Bruce Wayne and Wolverine. I never really thought about it before, but you know, we can actually (laughs) do something with this. What a weird sentence. Yeah. (laughs) What a weird sentence. It's true. Um, but yeah, the Amalgam Universe, but that's that's the example we're going for, is just these universes that, that had a history and an intercon- uh, and, and a, a continuity and interconnected characters, and they all hinged on each other. Mm-hmm. Um, people forget that, like, actually, 
when Image first started, they were like, hey, yes. we're a shared universe. And so Spawn and Shadowhawk and and uh, Savage Dragon, they're all in the same universe. And they could all bump into each other at any point. Um, that, of course, became a real clusterfuck for them when... They uh, banned it real quick. They ended it real... Well, I, I feel like... You know, it's funny. I think that they ended it a lot later than they should have based on some of the things that like I have in my like in my storage closet that have things like uh, like the Spawn Wildcats crossover which mm-hmm. is written by Alan Moore and is horribly terrible it's just it's just atrocious but, but you know there that universe read. actually sort of still exists because yeah. Invincible has all of those heroes show up including Spawn oh yeah i mean well it, and it, and it really i think that that's that's, that's less of a testament to the rich uh, history of the DC, I'm sorry, of the Image Universe, mm-hmm. than it has to do with the like bullheadedness and the refusal and stubbornness of the creators. Like, you you'll notice that like <laughs> Hellboy showed up at Savage Dragon at some wedding yeah. at Savage Dragon. It's just because Eric Larson's like, I want to see Hellboy. I want to see these characters. They show up. Robert Kirkman's like, yeah, uh, these these characters show up in Invincible because uh, yeah, I'm writing Invincible, and I think I was editor in chief yep. at the time, so. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> also, too, um, Savage Dragon just recently crossed over with Spawn because I saw the trade because that's the run where Eric Larson wrote Spawn yes. for a while. Yes, he did. Yeah, and of course he was like, Savage Dragon's getting in there, of course. Oh, of course. And as I understand it, uh, there was a little bit of bad blood between both uh, Larson and McFarlane after that, that they both were I... like, that they both had kind of confusion or, or frustration with each other's use of the characters and that's mm-hmm. what happens when you have a interconnected universe where all the creators can do whatever they want with their characters. Mm-hmm. You know, like I heard that as well. I heard they, yeah, they did not in that run as friends. No, um, it's funny. It, the the one thing that reminds me the most of like the Image Universe, and it's not Image United, is actually the Mars Attacks the Image Universe crossover. I remember that. It, first of all, it's a it's an intercompany crossover. Tops Comics which published stuff like Mars Attacks and Jurassic Park. Talk about a forgotten universe. The the Topps Comics universe. <laughs> yeah, um, right? But Topps Comics crossing over with Image, and then the Martians attacking like Shadowhawk and the Max and Spawn and uh, Savage Dragon, and some of those books having like spinoffs, and some of those characters actually winding up dying and being like experimented on, or, or uh, there's actually a rape in one of them. But a lot of character and uh, and story happens in this random crossover, and it affects the image universe. I think that's probably when they when the writing was on the wall for those guys, and they're like, "We gotta stop. We we can't." All you know, it's also it was also the same kind of thing, uh, and we're we're kind of going into like this weird crossover episode. Uh, yeah, it's true, but, <laughs> but it's okay. Uh, it's all right. Um, you know, it's kind of like the Stormwatch aliens crossover. Oh yeah, which. All, all those Stormwatch characters were killed by the aliens, and then that's what launched Authority. Right. Which is a brilliant way to do it, although, albeit convoluted and kind of, like, insane. Agreed. But it is a way to make a, a crossover actually matter. Yes. I love the, I love when, when crossovers have weight, or when they don't waste time trying to explain how the crossovers happen. Yes. Uh, actually, that reminds me of the Wildcats-Aliens crossover, where I, I was so just baffled and confused. I'm like, first of all, Warren Ellis wrote this. Secondly, what is happening? Like, the aliens are actually connected to their mythology. I was, mm-hmm. it was, but it was all in continuity and part of their relaunch of those characters in that series. Nuts. You um, know, uh, yeah. Can I can I throw out a forgotten universe Please that? Do. Um, you know, uh, now I see a bunch of people talking about Milestone. We'll get to Milestone, even yes. though Milestone's not really a forgotten universe anymore. Not anymore. Um, <laughs> 
uh, which I'm fine with because I love that universe. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's talk about um, Malibu. Okay. Yes. And is it the Ultraverse? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Malibu created Ultraverse, or at least they acquired it or used it. But yes, yes. Ultimately, they have they had Ultraverse. Because I remember, I rem- now I remember seeing those characters advertised all over uh, Wizard and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then I can even remember. Uh, do you remember the classic that was the Nightman television show? I do remember the Nightman television show. It was so bad. It was horrible, uh, <laughs> almost as bad as the Ultra Force animated series on USA. What? I oh. didn't even know that existed. Oh, it's solid because it's it's it has an intro. First of all, the theme is just a man screaming the word Ultra Force four times. Okay. With like a, Wildcats. Got yeah, it. Yeah. With a sick. No, well, Wildcats at least has some lyrics. They're zeros, not heroes, and so forth. Ultra Force is just a guy yelling or just screaming. It's like a surge. Ultra Force! It's literally just a guy going Ultra Force. It's, <laughs> it, it's the, the only thing worth watching is the theme. Every episode is available on YouTube for free right now until such a time oh, as really? wants to claim they own Ultra Force, which I, I gotta, know. I got okay, I'm sorry, I gotta put this on pause, because I gotta hear, <laughs> as a fan of bad 90s, uh, uh, cartoons, uh, Ultra First, alright, so I found episode one, there you go, alright, I'm gonna turn up, the, I'm gonna turn up the volume on all this, right, cool. okay, let's do it. Well, there's a lot of stuff happening. Okay. (laughs) All right. That wasn't as... All right. I'm sorry, listeners. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, What's amazing is the intro to Ultra Force also shows you, like, all the characters, like Ghoul and Prime and Hardcase and Topaz. And it's amazing to look at this, this team because it's just basically all the characters that were created in Malibu on a team Mm -hmm. and how dis connected they all like there's no cohesion between there's, any yeah. of them there's all it's also too like you look at that team and it is every bad 90s cliche that you could ever think of yes. on one team mm-hmm. you know but here's the thing like i remember like i remember when marvel bought the the ultraverse and we started mixing remember when marvel characters started appearing on some of the team books like like Juggernaut was on a weird team. Oh yeah, a- no, I remember Spider-Man meeting up with Prime. I remember the mm-hmm. Phoenix Force was re- resurrected for the first time since the like Teen Titans X-Men crossover. As an Ultra Force character. Yeah, as an Ultra Force character, and I'm like, yeah. what is happening? Yeah, like they they were trying to get their bang for their buck, man. And as I always heard it, the reason why they even want the, why Marvel even bothered with Malibu because it's not like they were competing in sales or anything. No, was just because. The coloring and the print quality on Malibu comics was so good, and yet the, the 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 price of the Malibu books was so low. Marvel couldn't believe that they could get away with making such top quality books for such low cost, and they're like, mm-hmm. they've got to be fudging the numbers and messing with some, but like, but we need to know how they're doing that coloring. And it turns out it was just digital coloring, and yeah, they were, re- and it was it was on the up and up. But when they acquired it, they didn't like do anything with it, and they just went, oh well, okay. You know, um, that is the same thing. That is a rumor that has gone around for years of why uh, DC bought Wildstorm as well. Really? Was partly because of Jim Lee, but because Wildstorm's coloring and like uh, uh, inking department were so amazing that they were like, we want those guys. Yeah. I, you know. Well, it's uh, um, similarly, uh, I think Event Comics was uh, the Palmiati Casada team up. And yeah, the, uh, they did Ash. They did Ash, exactly, mm-hmm. the firefighting superhero. Mm-hmm. And Marvel acquired them because they, and more or less, 
literally that's how Marvel Knights was born. They were just like you, you guys from event, like mm-hmm. we're gonna outsource these characters that aren't selling, like Daredevil and Punisher, which you can't even believe, and the Inhumans, and just make books about them and call it this. Um, so there is actually kind of like a, a history of like the big two acquiring companies smaller than them because they're doing something right or they're doing yeah. something that they want and they don't want to like just have lunch with them like regular people. <laughs> um, but yeah, I do. I, I, uh, they even made action figures of Ultra Force, dude. Oh, I remember yeah, no, that. Malibu, I, I, I don't know where the money was coming from, but like somebody was doing something right over at Malibu. I think it was just that was the time. Like I feel like if you to and try I, anything you mean? I, well, I, I feel like if you and I were our ages now in 1994, we would have had like a comic book company. A comic book co- like our, our like each each of us would have had our own comic book company, and we would be equals, and we could have sold at least we could have at least a 24 uh, episode cartoon run on UPN or mm-hmm. on USA or something because they were taking everything and anything. It was all right. It was incredible. What do we call? Not- what do we, uh, no, I want. I want to. No, we we can't breeze by this, uh, Sal. We need to name our comic book company like right now. All right, let's say we we uh, you know we're both too small. We need to co- we need to collaborate. We need to work on something together. I mean, I've always liked your 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 Jowin name. I kind of dig that, but uh, <laughs> I'll stick with that. All right, fine. I wouldn't have gone with something. I would have gone with like basement or something because I was always hanging out in the basement. I don't know. Um, you know, I had a friend. I have I have a couple of friends who have always wanted to own a comic book store, and they always for years had the joke of um, to call it Electra's Alley mm. to get like the sex joke in there. But I've yeah. been like. Mm, no, not, not uh, worth it. <laughs> Langley, Langley Neely says mix Jawin and comic pop. So is it pop Jawin? Yeah, pop win or comic win? Pop win. I like pop win. That's it right there. Pop win. Pop win. And just a big exclamation point because everything's got to be like extreme. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and we and we publish these books and. <laughs> <laughs> and I, think, I honestly feel like our universe would look a lot like Ultra Force, where it's like here's a character over here and here, and, yep. here, and they all it look would. completely different. <laughs> I'm, da- I'm down. Yeah, Pop Win Comics. Pop Win Comics. <laughs> we watch out, Marvel. <laughs> it's the biggest thing to come uh, out of 1995. That's right. We're so we're so we were the best. Like yeah. here comes Trash Man. I mean, like what's funny is that's kind of how these guys got their footing. I mean, yeah. Uh, all we need to do now is just call up our buddies uh, Garib Shamus and uh, Jim McLaughlin and get full-page spreads in Wizard Magazine. We got it made. That's, that's how, how techno how it works, comics, man. That's how it works. Yeah, that, that's how techno comics became a thing. Uh, if you're not familiar with techno comics, they were an interconnected comic book um, company uh, that also managed to get like major creators like uh, Gene Roddenberry and Leonard Nimoy and Neil Gaiman and like Tad Williams and get these people who had names and, and street cred and have them just do whatever they wanted. Mm-hmm. I remember, I remember, uh, uh, apparently people in the chat are going crazy because I'm labeled as Joel, but you know what? I don't care. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> He's not here guys. <laughs> yeah. Relax. Yeah. Um, so I remember those comics and remember you talked to me off mic a little bit about it and I didn't even remember their names. And but as soon as you said like, "Oh, Primordials," I was like, "Oh, I remember those stupid ads." Yes, they were all over. You know, it was it was kind of funny. There were certain comic companies that would just plaster Wizard like they were the Gestapo fighting <laughs> World War Two. Yep, they dropping leaflets everywhere. Mm-hmm. And they were a company that did that. Also, you know, CrossGen was a company that did that, did that too. Yep. CrossGen, absolutely. These yeah. it's actually kind of spectacular to see like I guess CrossGen would kind of would also be a forgotten universe as well. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, that's actually a good. They, they qualify. They, they were not they on were my list. But they were interconnected. Yeah, they were they were interconnected. 
I'm trying to remember any characters from Cross Gen. And well, I, the best, the only, there's only two good Cross Gen titles ever, and the the two are Ruse mm-hmm. and uh, Sojourn. Okay. And the reason why they're so good is because Ruse is written by Mark Wade, and it is a Sherlock Holmes pastiche. Yes. Um, and you know, do you remember? Do you? I don't. How much of Cross Gen have you read? <sighs> like very little. Okay. So if you don't know, like some of Cross Gen's thing, they were all. Every character, some character in every book had like a sigil. That was the sign of the cross-gen universe, the little symbol they yes. had. Yes, okay, I know what you're and talking it, about. Yeah, it gave people uh, powers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, in Ruse, his assistant had the sigil, and they basically ignored it. <laughs> so it, it was just Mark Wade writing a Sherlock Holmes book. Right. It was awesome. I could and see Mark then, Wade doing that. Yeah, and then Sojourn was good for about the first 30 issues. I think it went to 40, but it kind of like fell off the rails. Right. Um, Ron Mars wrote it. Okay. Um, and it was Greg Land before he copied every porn star picture he could ever find on wow. Google. Wow, so we get to see, if you want to see like true Greg Land pencils, yeah. go back, pick up uh, Sojourn. Sojourn. Sojourn, yeah, yeah. And that one's pretty good because it's sort of like a D&D. It's about this, like, girl that finds a sword and basically tries to conquer the demon. It's actually pretty good. Okay. It does. It reminds me a little bit of uh, stuff like Witchblade and Dark Child. Yeah. They're hard to find, although you can find Ruse uh, because Marvel absorbed CrossGen. Yes. And Marvel actually had Mark Wade write like another four issue miniseries under the Marvel banner under Ruse. Mm. Um, and then they took that miniseries and then they collected it with the old cross gen stuff and like released like a trade of it. And it's actually, I think it's uh, if you like Sherlock Holmes, you'll like it. Yes. I remember Ruse now because uh, number one, Mark Wade wrote it. Number two, uh, Dan Slott recommended it to Tiffany. He oh, was nice. Like, oh, you, you know what you want to pick up is Ruse by Mark Wade from, from Marvel or something. Mm-hmm. Like, and you were like, what is that? <laughs> yeah, and I and we've been looking for it. Now I know why I can't find it. I will say, um, I the only reason why I even remember Primordials besides reading the, the Wizard <laughs> Did magazine, you buy it? Be honest. Did you buy it? I bought it. I bought a copy of Primordials. <laughs> it was in a dollar bin at a, in, in uh, Pennsylvania. And I'm like, uh, and Tiffany's like, is this from those freaking magazines? And I'm like, it is. We got to get it. And I read it. I read it cover to cover. It's the worst. And it's what's, really bad. What's even worse is it's not just like, okay, cool. It's, you know, Leonard Nimoy got to write a comic book and it's bad. No, it's based on a concept that Leonard Nimoy and two other people came up with. And then they had someone else write it. So Leonard Nimoy's Primordials uh, is like maybe one-tenth of Leonard Nimoy's idea. Okay. A complete bait-and-switch, just to, just to trick you. Um, just to get his name on the book. Just to get his name on the book. Well, they, okay, as a person who's seen these ads, and you're the one person that I know that has actually ever bought that comic book. Yep. What, can you even explain what it's about? Oh, yeah. No. Um, it's, it's in space. <laughs> And it's like a bureaucracy on a spaceship. I was waiting for you to just stop. I when you said like it's in space and just stop. It's in, I mean, like really, it is. It's in space. It's really dumb. And like, there's 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 like a there's a coup that's gonna happen. It's it's just a. I was like, I'm trying to read through it. And I'm like, this is this is incomprehensible. Wow. Um, but at least the that's... art is. But the art is as good as it as as any industry standard book that came out during that time. Yeah, it was great. It was. It wasn't horrible. Like it. It was just a standard looking book. It wasn't like it wasn't transcendental or or even really impressive, but it mm. was impressive in that it at least was competent. Yes. Was it? Was it? And if you don't remember, it's fine. Was it any kind of a name? 
uh, oh, that who drew uh, the art. Who, who is it anybody Harvey? that's no? Okay, I don't. Think Was it so. somebody that went on to something? I'm something. going to look him up because I want to see. Yeah, I'm very curious. Like I'm like that's the thing about like even with cross gen and stuff like that. The thing about cross gen is you have to remember is that like. And even Ultra Force, yeah. like a lot of the guys that drew those books are like became big deals in yeah. the 2000s. Okay, I mean like this guy, Scott Eaton, drew it. That name sounds familiar uh, to he me. He worked on Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man, X-Men Messiah Complex. Okay, so um, yeah, he's so he's gone on to other stuff. Yeah, and he's been he had been working in the industry since at least 03, or 98 rather. So he's he was a work he he was an actual like penciler, and I guess that's just because people were looking to make money. Mm-hmm. I think it's also well, amazing. I mean, you're, oh, good. You're also looking for your first book as well, like your break-in yeah. as well. I mean, the, the, the dude was drawing Dr. Fate before that. I think he was just like, yeah, oh. cool. Isaac Asimov, I'm in. Like, he was pro- Yeah, he probably was like, oh, man, Leonard Nimoy. Yeah. Will Mr. <laughs> Nimoy be in today? Like, no. No, he'll never be in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He, stop. Ta- stop asking. I got to bring uh, – oh, well, he's gone. I was going to say, like, the next uh, Star Trek convention, bring a copy of Primordials, but he's no longer with us, so he can't sign it. But Yeah, that's true. I wonder also if he would just slap it out of your hands. Yeah. I, don't, I think like, he would look at it and go, why does this have my name on it? <laughs> he might, dude. You know, he like, would have got to him. Like, what I is feel this? Like he, I, th- I, I feel like it's so weird and out there and not – in any way related to him i i, I want to say he probably just licensed his name he probably you know he probably just had like um an idea he wrote it down in an email sent it off to somebody and they were like let's publish it yeah yeah done <laughs> uh, it's just crazy yeah but i, I don't blame him, man if people were, would pay me just to send off emails i'd do it as well yeah you're kidding me totally so <laughs> hey you know it's a weird universe that actually existed and i never really understood it or knew the difference between them when i was picking them up was marvel uk did you ever read any marvel uk books okay um i don't think specifically but correct me if i'm wrong isn't that sort of like what excalibur came from and stuff like that <sighs> i don't remember excalibur being involved i i know that excalibur was set in the U- in in the uk but Marvel UK was more like Death's Head 2. I remember Death Head. Yeah. It's not great. It's not uh, no. great. Uh, I, I, what, what, the book that I picked up was Wild Thing because Marvel because uh, Venom and Carnage were on the cover. Uh, oh, it weird. Turned out, Wild Thing was basically an Aeon Flux ripoff. Okay. Plus, like, virtual reality. What? It was a mess. I don't even know what it was supposed to be, but it was just this weird decision. Oh, um, there's another, there's like a team. I remember that, uh, like called, I don't remember what the hell the, the team was, but there was like a big crazy looking gun toting team that, uh, that Dr. Strange like visited. It, oh, that try to like pick up the sales or like, Hey, here's Dr. Strange. Yeah we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll pick up all those Dr. Strange readers to get them over to read Marvel UK. Weird decision. I don't understand it. And they never really did a good job of actually like articulating what they were doing and why it was like separate from Marvel. Mm-hmm. Really weird. That is weird. I, what now? Yeah, I, I can't honestly say that I've actually read a, a Marvel UK book. Then yeah, I've read three, and they're really weird. You're going to Google it right now and just to see. Yeah, just just look at them. <laughs> yeah, look at see what these are. Yeah. Wild. I see Captain. Yeah, a lot of Captain Britain. Yes, a lot of Captain Britain. So that's probably where you got the uh, the Excalibur. Oh, Warheads was the team you were Warheads. thinking of. Warheads. Thank you very much. Warheads. It just popped up here. You know, and it, we, how dare we forget Warheads? Yes, we. That, they're just begging for a resurgence. If Marvel's, I bet. If Marvel's uh, legacy is worth its salt, then we will see Warheads come back. 
Yeah, as we know, that's the true problem with Marvel. They forgot Marvel UK. <laughs> they forgot to. Yeah, I mean, where's Wild Thing? Where's Warheads? Where's Death's Head? Oh, oh my God. Nobody's asking for Death Head. Although I did see that they just made an action figure of him. I saw that, uh, that very same action figure at a Target not two days ago. And I went, yep. who is this for? Yeah, I couldn't believe it either. I was like, yeah, who is buying... I was like, they're really stretching for figures, aren't they? <laughs> right? I mean, like, we we really... Just make the figure that they all... You need to buy them all to assemble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's what you make uh, Death Head for, yeah. Yeah, like... Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess we could move on to the next one. Um, sure, let's do it. Uh, hey, speaking of Marvel, remember when MC2 was spawned out of the Spider-Girl series? I do. Um, I like MC2. Although, it's funny... Um, I didn't like MC2 when it was coming out, mm-hmm. but I have grown to appreciate it over the course of the, the, the you know, like rereading some of it because I actually like Spider Girl, that uh, Mayday Parker series, Me a too. lot. Yeah. I think it's really good. It's probably the best um, thing that's in there. Oh, man. Marquis Miller just brought up the Mutant X universe. We got to talk about that one, okay. too. We got to table that one. Yeah. Um, but MC2, like, I remember when it was published at the time, I remember thinking it was a stupid idea because I was like, why do I want to read Avengers Squared when I can just read Avengers? Right. Well, and especially um, when you saw yeah. who was on that team where it's like, oh, it's it's Kid Juggernaut and American Dream. And yeah, what? <laughs> You're like, who? Who? Who's yeah. this? I don't know who this is. I yeah. mean, I read them like I didn't read all of them, but I did when Spider-Gwen was being like used to try and boost sales in a universe that A doesn't exist and B is in the future and C stars no one I like. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm not in on this. Um, but I really admire just how far it went. Like they were struggling to sell spider girl books and they were like, and we're going to make the Avengers. And I think they were called something else like a two or something like that. It was, uh, our Avengers next maybe. Or that's the the animated. I'm going to Google it right now. They had crazy names. I remember (laughs) they had crazy names. Yeah. Like, but weird designs. Like I was just like, okay, I see what you're doing. Oh, dark devil. It was, oh, so it was spider girl. A next, yeah. A next. J two, and then remember, uh, they did Fantastic Five. Yes. And then Wild Thing. And Wild Thing. Another Wild Thing. What the oh, hell, Marvel? That's right. That's and Wild Thing literally just looks like X twenty three. Yeah, it was Wolverine and and um, and and Electra's daughter, which was ridiculous. And now, now Fantastic Five, because also not to be confused with the Fantastic Four twenty ninety nine. No. Um, where that was the Reed Richards that had been transported to the future, just like Doom had been transported to the future. No, Fantastic Five consisted of this amazing team that you're gonna love, Sal. <laughs> uh, the Human Torch. Yep. The Thing. Uh, Big Brain, which was actually a Herbie. Just a Herbie joke, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a Herbie that actually had Reed Richards' brain in it. Okay. Um, <laughs> Lila the Scroll from Fantastic Four that Johnny married that everybody yes. loves, and Psylord Franklin Richards. Which, by the way, I have always hated that name for Franklin Richards, Psylord. Psylord, that's horrible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, just, it's just terrible. Such a '90s name. Yeah. Um, you know, M- MC2 is not a bad. You know, I'll give the I'll give you this about about MC2. MC2 um, comes from a time of Marvel Comics when Marvel Comics I feel was like. They weren't so confident in their main universe. Right. And I and I think they looked at Heroes Reborn and were like, how do we replicate that? And sometimes it worked and sometimes it didn't. Like like I think 299 really worked. Yes. Whereas MC2 half and half. Yeah. 
And then Mutant X only could work for like 40 issues. Now, here's the thing. I don't even know anything about Mutant X. Oh, my so God, explain dude. Mutant X to me. So Mutant X was a forgotten universe that is only in one comic book, a comic book called Mutant X. Uh, now, there was an issue of X Factor in the late 90s, I believe, mm -hmm. where Havoc got blown up uh, on a plane. Okay. But he was around some weird device or something like that, and it blew him into an alternate reality. Okay. And when he woke up, he woke his consciousness woke up in the body of the havoc of that universe. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he found out that in that universe, he was the leader of this team called the Six, and it was basically an uh, an X Men continuity that was completely different. So like, Spider Man still had six arms in that universe. Okay. Um, he was married to Madeline Pryor in that oh. universe. Um, Iceman was still suffering from that 80s storyline where Loki cursed him, and so he can't touch another human being. Okay. So he's, so he's constantly Iceman. Uh, Beast was actually called Brute. He had, like, experimented on himself so much that he was, like, a green sort of, like, vampire creature with hooves. <laughs> and then um, Archangel never uh, spent longer under Apocalypse's control than any other universe. So... Mm. It was an idea that they had only freed him like a couple years ago. Right. So he was like super fucking evil. Okay, cool. <laughs> oh, and then Storm was still a vampire. Right, naturally. So so that was his team, and it was the whole series of him like navigating the waters of this universe, but trying to figure out how to come back to his universe. Yeah. Um, I liked it. Um, I can't remember. I think Tom Rainey. Am I saying that artist name yeah. right? Do you know who I'm talking about? I think Tom Rainey was the one who, who uh, drew it. Um, okay. But if you Google Mutant X Marvel Comics, yeah, um, the designs of their costumes are so good, and I think that's half the reason why I decided to um, to read the book. Like if I, I Google the image like uh, Mutant X right now, and you can see like the main team, like yeah. Havoc. That's the best costume Havoc's ever had. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> so. But it only ran for about uh, – it only ran for, I think, 36 to 40 issues, and then it was basically just canceled. Right, just unceremoniously, I assume, with no – Yeah, basically. But it was enough for me that, you know, like, I don't know. I I didn't care about Havoc. And that series actually, because the, the designs were so cool and I liked that logo, I read it. And um, it is a universe that I miss. I would love for them to go back to the Mutant X universe or just to publish a title – that takes place completely in that universe. I am honestly shocked that they didn't bring that back during Secret Wars. Uh, you know what? Uh, me too. Me <laughs> too. You know, because I don't even think it's on the Marvel app, which is a shame. Oh, that's weak. No, it's got... Well, yeah. at the very least, if you are looking for it, I feel like if you go to any place with a lot of, like, long boxes, you could probably mm -hmm. get it for a, for oh, a song. Oh, I have uh, I have looked on eBay several times because I've thought about buying it and like binding it myself, mm -hmm. but I've uh, I've never uh, pulled the trigger on that uh, that purchase. Mm -hmm. um, but you. yeah, we'll say looking at the Wikipedia here, I did not know this. Apparently, Mutant X was only supposed to be a twelve issue limited series. Oh, right on. But it's sold so well that they turn it into an ongoing. Good for them! Wow. Yeah. So is the idea that they didn't think would work? Yeah, that's fair. I mean. Here's an idea that didn't work, or ultimately only worked a little bit, was Marvel Tsunami. Was their attempt at being like, hey... They're all Marvel. What's the deal here? Mar well, Mar <laughs> that, and I think you hit the, you hit it right on the head, which was Marvel didn't have confidence in their own universe. Yeah. Where they were just like, I don't know. This is the last one, by the way. This is the last Marvel one. Oh, okay. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but Marvel was just like, how about this? 
we know the characters we're selling sell. We just know that no one cares about our books. So how about mm. how about this? Although this was Marvel Tsunami was their attempt at doing like an Eastern influence thing. I think Big Hero Six came out of Marvel Tsunami. I think uh, Runaways came out of Marvel Tsunami. Um, mm-hmm. Runaways really did. Sad yes. that Big Hero Six has been completely pushed into a different. I don't. I don't think Marvel is publishing Big Hero Six. Uh, I, think... uh, I don't think so. But I'll tell you what, man. Um... Uh, Man of Steel Studios or whatever they're called uh, or Man of Action action, Man of Action Studios Mm -hmm. um, I think the way they adapted Big Hero 6 was great and I I went back and read some of the Big Hero 6 comic books because I was very curious from the movie and I'll tell you what I kind of I think they should be on their own I don't think they work in the Marvel Universe I think that I think anything can work in the Marvel Universe, but I also would not begrudge them not being connected to the Marvel mm-hmm. Universe. Like, I'm excited for that new cartoon. Oh, yeah. looks great. Although it's, yeah. I mean, I like the movie. We'll see. But uh, we got to, we got our first issue of Big Hero 6 signed by Chris Claremont while at New York Comic Con. And he was like, oh, nice. And he was like, hey, thanks for rating Big Hero 6. <laughs> he was like legitimately surprised and excited. Was and that this year? It was this year. I saw him walking around very briefly. I, I didn't introduce myself, though. Oh, man. He was, That's cool, man. He was super nice. I've heard varying stories about, about Claremont. Having me, I met him in that environment, he was super mm-hmm. awesome. Nice. I was very, I was very happy to, experience, to have that experience. But, yeah, he was like, yeah, this is not what – he's like, did you see the movie? It's not this. And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> I like how he was like, have you seen the movie? Not mine. <laughs> yeah, well, it ain't mine. Don't bring that poster over here. I won't sign it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, do you remember anything about, uh, the greatest world, which was from uh, dark horse? No, it had like, what is that? I think it was, had like ghost in it back when ghost. was. And is that like cement, like John Byrne cement? And... Yes. And cement. Thank you. Or concrete. Concrete. That's right. That's right. Yeah, concrete. concrete. And I mean, come on. And the big, <laughs> yeah. And the big one that I remember, which was just an awesome image that I saw in a lot of wizards was, was X. I remember X because uh, she was the like the the no ghost is the ghost lady. Yes. X is uh, Gail I'm trying to look up a picture of X. Yeah, it has a giant X across his face. Yeah, and he had an X across his face. Yeah. Did you say that was a Gail Simone? I well, I know Gail Simone wrote a lot of uh, ghost books after the fact. I don't know if she created a uh, ghost in that in that universe. All right, Stephen Grant is the guy that is credited with um, X. I'm okay. gonna look up ghost. I'm gonna look up ghost right now as well. Yeah. Um, but they, does not say. Here we go. Uh, mm. Kelly Sue DeConnick. There you go. I'm sorry. You know what? It's it's Kelly Sue DeConnick. It's all right. It's all good. Right Ghost on. and Batgirl: The Resurrection Machine happened though. Yes. In the 2000s. Nice. Yep. Uh, no, I forgot about that universe. I think that that universe has been forgotten uh, for good reasons. Right. Well, it, it <laughs> didn't. It it it. There's nothing remarkable about it. They just they all see like copies of archetypes of things that Marvel and DC were already doing. Yeah. Which is the biggest problem with the Ultraverse as well. Oh yeah. Yeah, Ultraverse is just here's things you probably that you might confuse with other things that you're already mm-hmm. buying. Uh Tava Smolka brought up uh what about Top Cow and I would nix that from this list simply yes. for the fact that I just saw that um, the w- Wishblade is going to be republished, and also I know they've been publishing for the last year Magdalena. Yeah. Uh, so that universe hasn't really gone away. No, and I think it also kind of qualifies a little bit when we're going to talk about like the mm-hmm. other spinoff universes, like uh, like Wildstorm. 
Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Wildstorm sort of hasn't gone away. Milestone hat did go away, but now Milestone's back. I dude, have you read have you read Milestone? Oh yeah. I have a, I have the first static shock trade. Oh, uh, so you should get the icon trade as well. I should. Um it's icon is so amazing because it's like what if Superman landed during the Civil War and he was black? It's right. amazing. That's a great um, concept. That's a great pitch. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's so it's so good, um, and it, it, that whole universe is so great. And I and I'm I actually was really excited when I was watching Young Justice and Icon and Rocket showed up on there. Yeah, um, I thought it was really great, and I'm and I'm very excited that we get to see that Static is actually going to be in Young Justice season three. Um, when they announced that at New York, um, Static uh, Static Shock and Milestone and all of them are coming back. Like I, I'm so excited to read those books, and I'm so glad that that universe is coming back. So technically, I wouldn't consider that a forgotten universe anymore. No, the right people never forgot it, and everybody who like if you read if you read the 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 Milestone universe, then mm-hmm. you will always remember it, and it's very it's very like intrinsically tied to some experience you've had as a, like as a reader. Yeah. Um, but it is forgotten in as much as like. For, there are there'll be waves where it just isn't there or like isn't referenced in any way or well they don't publish they they won't publish certain milestone books. Yeah, or, they couldn't decide they couldn't decide for a while there too whether they wanted it to be part of the DC universe or be separate for a while. Yeah. Then they they kind of flip flopped on that a couple of times. Right, I think it works either way. Honestly, I, I do too. Yeah. I do too. Yeah, I I prefer it separate. Mm-hmm. I would prefer it as just its own little planet in the multiverse. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, when Dwayne McDuffie was writing, uh, Justice League, mm-hmm. he brought Icon onto the team. Right. Which is a great it was, idea. It was great. It was yeah. so good. And I've been saying for years that like S- Static Shock would make the Teen Titans title so much better. I agree. I think mm-hmm. that book needs him. I think, I, yes. man, Icon, what a great idea putting him on the Justice mm-hmm. League. Yeah, because he's, uh, you know, Superman, well, I mean, one, of course, uh, you know, and this is coming from a couple of white guys, um, it helps make the Justice League not so white. Right. Which is always a good thing. Well, without and, shoehorning characters that don't necessarily fit on that team. Yeah, and he's also, he's also a stand-in Superman. Right. So you know? so Superman doesn't have to be on the in the book, or you can do other exactly. things with him. Exactly. Superman can go, go take care of Lois, because Lois is a beauty, but I guarantee you she's a lot of work. Oh, no question. She is what they, what they call high maintenance, if you will. Yeah, yes. Yeah, but she's a good high maintenance. I, oh, yeah. I love no, she's plane. worth it. She's worth coming <laughs> home to. It's just that, damn. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Milestone, not forgotten, but still, like, I think if you were to replace it with another word, like, underappreciated. That's a better, yeah, I think that's exactly right. Um, yeah. I, I do have, like, that huge World Collide crossover, which I never got a chance to read, but I do have Oh, it's so good. It's very 90s, but it's good. Right? Yeah. No, cool idea. Yeah. Um, I saw a couple of people in the comments mention Fawcett Comics. Yes. Yeah, um, I remember them. That one's a tough – that's a tough one for me as a Forgotten Universe since so many of those characters are in the DC Universe. Yes. Especially their most popular character, uh, Shazam. Right. Uh, Captain Marvel. Uh, but Bullet Man and Bullet Girl have been in – the DC Universe Spy Smasher has been in the DC Universe. Phantom Eagle has been in the DC Universe. Yeah. Um, Man has been in the DC Universe. Um, I don't know. That one's a tough one. Where would you go down on that ruling? Because it, I don't know. That one's a shifty one on this I, for, I, if it's forgotten. I think that the Fawcett Universe only exists because of Superman. And I mm-hmm. think that if it – like after the – because I assume the Fawcett – like all the properties of Fawcett were acquired after the lawsuit between – like over Captain Marvel – 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, I, I think they're just they're. I think the Fawcett characters certainly have been like have been forgotten or marginalized. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. I don't even think the I don't think the Fawcett universe even really qualifies as a universe. Yeah, because they 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 don't really have that much of a shared continuity. Right. Like, well, it was before it was before they started thinking about that. Yeah, and and the only reason why. Um, eventually, Fawcett Comics went away, basically, is because DC wanted to buy away its competition. Exactly. You know, to get rid of this guy that was outselling Superman. Right. And and indeed, they did. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then yeah, they took, they took care of that guy real quick. Yeah. I mean, you know, so I don't think it, I don't think it counts. Although, um, I, I brought you back to uh, to a place that you didn't remember uh, off off camera when we were talking about another DC imprint uh, called Impact Comics. Yes, now tell me about this one. Okay. What I was actually shocked to discover more recently than I care to admit was that Impact was actually an imprint created by DC Comics. When Mm -hmm. I first encountered Impact as a young kid, I noticed, like, oh, this is a totally separate... It it had no DC logos or iconography whatsoever. It was entirely, like, it had youthful kinetic art, and it had, like, a lot of really iconic-looking characters in it mm-hmm. and so i like i instinctively picked it up i got a copy of the fly and um, i remember the fly and i really dug it because it was basically just like pre-ultimate spider-man because it was aimed at young adults right yes it was okay it was basically their all ages imprint uh you know it's weird dude because um i always thought that those comics were kind of like Fawcett. they were just some sort of comic book universe that DC just bought up. But yeah. I guess they, they weren't. They're were all original characters, I guess. I think so. Like, I don't know much about them, but I do Oh, no, feel... they are... Oh, I'm sorry. I just looked on Wikipedia. They are revamped versions of superheroes that were licensed from Archie comic books. Oh, well, there you go. So, wow. Okay, so DC put, like, their spin on them. And honestly, like, I'm not a huge Archie fan, like, overall, particularly yeah. in, like, the Archie superheroes world. But mm-hmm. seeing the, like the DC spin on those characters made them interesting. Like, yeah, they're bringing I, a lot of those uh, actually back actually too. Are they really? Yeah. Archie's going to, uh, I just saw it. I think the shield is the one that launches it up. I'm going to try to Google and find it, but I think you're right. Archie, is, I Archie is bringing back their superhero universe. Now that's a, that's a question as to whether they will be, um, if they'll be like this, like the impact characters or if they'll mm-hmm. be their own versions. Like if DC has any legal claim to any of them, uh, I would say probably not because it's the idea that they bought the license and, you know, the license is, you know, they, they don't have the license anymore. So yeah. it's completely Archie now. Evidently, but, yeah, according to the wiki, Archie Comics relicensed them to DC in 2008, although I don't remember reading anything close to what that was. I don't think they, yeah, I don't think they did anything with them. And then they just relaunched them back in 2012, mm. but under their own thing, which they created a, 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 an imprint called Red Circle Comics, which uh, yes. stopped existing three years ago. Uh, yeah, but I think I think they're doing it again. I think I think there's another. I, I, I swear to God, I saw something at San Diego mm-hmm. uh, that the Archie is going to try their thing at uh, superhero comics again. Well, that'd be cool. Okay, I mean, and I think we, it's some of these characters. Honestly, like I dug the universe and the characters and the approach because while it was targeted for younger kids, I remember not feeling like it was talking down to me. Mm-hmm. And it was a little bit refreshing to not have to deal with anyone being murdered or like uh, attacked in any violent or refrigerated. way. Refrigerated? Hmm? 
or refrigerated. Yeah, no one was fridged in the Impact universe. And I was like, <laughs> this is very nice. Like, it's just a refreshing, kind of fun take on these superheroes. So, if, if, by the way, go back and check them out. I saw uh, in the same long box that I found Primortals, I saw a few Impact comics, and I bought, oh, yeah? I bought zero <laughs> of them. Where is this? Where was this mystical this box? This was in uh, Hazleton, Pennsylvania. It's a cute little like Gilmore Girls esque shopping town. Okay. It's a great town. Uh, next time you're on the East Coast, we'll go, we'll we'll drive the hour and go and go sure. and go. Yeah, this uh, sounds... You know, go shopping. It'll be nice. This sounds crazy. Are you wherever where this place you found? That oh, like has What's this... the name of the comic book store? Actually, let me let me look that up because because uh, they like us. They're fans of the channel. <laughs> Give them a shout out. Yeah, yeah. hardcore man. Um. What town did I say it was? I have no idea. Oh, well. Help him out. Help him out, chat room. Yeah. Oh, New Hope. It was New Hope, New Pennsylvania. Hope. I think there I said Hazleton, which is like a joke. You did say Hazleton. There is no, <laughs> there's nothing in Hazleton, Pennsylvania. Oh, is that the truth? It's, okay. <laughs> it was a mining town that, like, I think it has a pencil. It has a Penn State satellite campus, and that is the last thing that has in Hazleton. Oh, it's Phantasm Comics in uh, New Hope, Pennsylvania. Okay. Uh, Go over to to Phantasm Comics and New Hope. They're fun and great, and they have a really great store. Go to my Instagram, Comic Pop Official, and check out some pictures we took while we were there. It's a really nice. In store. the store. Sometimes they'll show our show on their little TV in the comic book store. Really, that's yeah. cool, man. I didn't know any of this until I heard it. Until I met the dude, he's like, "You're on the internet, haha!" Like I show your show on my little TV, and I'm like, "That's amazing." That's really cool. But yeah, so this is the yeah. It's a magical place where you can find all these great stuff. Um, but yeah, so uh, I guess that's that. I mean, are there any other forgotten universes that we can talk about? Or because I'm done. Uh, no, I don't think we have any forgotten ones. Was, some people bought brought up Valiant, but Valiant's not forgotten anymore. No. Um, it was forgotten until until Dinesh showed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, otherwise, I think that's it. I yeah. think uh, you know, and the, I think it was a good topic coming about Wildstorm and stuff right. like that. And Wildstorm's back now, and um, you know, there are other universes out there that aren't just. Batman and Spider-Man that are actually pretty good. Oh, the new universe. Oh, God. No. I, I, I don't like the new universe no, I Neither do I. Um, what's yep. interesting is Starbrand was literally just in Marvel Legacy. So, like, yep. uh, no, not forgotten at all. In fact, like, and, it's almost like they refuse to forget about the new universe. Yeah, I think it's because they're, they're so ashamed that it didn't work. Do you remember uh, Warren Ellis tried to reboot... Um, new universe with uh, Salvador La Roca, yes, and do. Salvador La Roca drew all of the characters like uh, TV stars. Oh God, I don't remember that, but I do remember. Yeah, it's it's bad. Like it's it, like I love Salvador La Roca art, but like it is like it's real bad, <laughs> like copying. That's that's weak. No, um, any uh, yeah, any of the universes we've forgotten were forgotten for a reason and uh, belong on another list somewhere. They should be forgotten. That's yeah, right. They, they should be. Uh, yeah, screw the new universe. What a <laughs> Although I will say I do miss the Ultimate Universe. Oh, of course. Who doesn't? I mean, like, yeah, I think Tiffany has an interesting theory about the Ultimate Universe, which I guess I'll share it. now. And it's just that, like, that'll be where the young diversity characters will be shuffled. Oh, that, interesting. Like, there'll be a spinoff universe. And they'll stick Riri and Amadeus and like Miles and so forth over there. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Well, let, well, that's because you you think the eventual reboot is coming. Uh, I don't know what the hell. I, honestly, I, a reboot would mean that they actually have like a plan. Mm -hmm. And I don't think they do. I don't think they have a plan. No plan. 
I mean, I don't think they have a plan at all. I think that the closest thing to a plan is that one day an evil celestial is going to attack the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. Whatever that means. I mean, you know. You know, that's not a bad idea because I, I, I love Miles. Right. I really do. And I think him being in the normal Marvel Universe is one of the worst things to his character. I actually wish that... I would have been fine if they would have destroyed every other character in the Ultimate Universe and just give us the one title that is Ultimate Spider-Man. It's the one Miles title Miles. that always worked yep. and sold. Yeah, and you know what? They do that for Spider-Gwen. Yeah. Like, she's she's in an alternate reality, so why couldn't we have done that for Miles? I agree. Because is anybody liking Spider-Man 2? The answer is no. 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 I'm, I mean, like, not only am I not digging it, I, yeah, I, I could have seen the Miles marginalization from a mile away. I remember when they were like, "Yeah, Miles is gonna come." To m-. I'm like, "No, why?" Then he's then he's superfluous mm-hmm. because it's not like they're gonna it's it, it's not like they're gonna kill Peter Parker. Yeah, for any length of time. I mean, they've mm-hmm. already killed him what three times? Like, forget it. Yeah, uh, I did see somebody uh, brought up first wave. Do you remember first wave? First wave. First no, wave was the. The DC Comics imprint where they combined the spirit, Doc Savage, like a Golden Age Batman that used guns, <laughs> and the shadow together. No, I don't remember that. That sounds cool. It, it happened in like the mid-2000s, and they launched it with a miniseries called First Wave. It was drawn by Rags Morales and Brian Azzarello. That's awesome. Um, I actually have that hardcover because it's great because it's really cool to see like a Golden Age Batman interact with Doc Savage. Yeah. Now, they, they did that miniseries, and then they launched out all the characters into their own solo series, mm-hmm. but none of the solo series sold. So the whole universe like left died. in like a year. Well, here's the question. like, Was there a First Wave Batman book? I believe there was. That, yeah. I'm going to look it up. I'm I know there was book. a Doc Savage one. I, I know there was a, a, a Batman. Um, Doc but Savage it's, special. It's weird because they don't, um, they haven't collected, um, they haven't collected like really any of it. Yeah. Except for the miniseries. And mm. I actually stumbled upon it in a pawn shop like a cu- <laughs> like about a month ago, and I bought it like as soon as I could find it because yeah. you just never see it anywhere. That's really cool. That's that's more suited for Azarello, I think. So yeah, it looked really great. And Rags Morales, uh, um, yeah, I'm trying to figure out. I think I want to say they did. I want to say they did do a first wave uh, Batman title. That's cool. But it well, was I'll so to check that out because yeah. I had no idea it existed. <laughs> yeah, at least if all you read is the first miniseries, it's a good read. Nice. So does it end? Yeah. Uh, it sort of ends, but like sets it up for where they all go into their solo series. Oh, okay. No, that's fine. But, that's that's yeah. that's that's enough of an ending for me. I'll take that. Yeah, I hate a lot reading the, a book and then knowing yeah. it's not gonna go anywhere. Yeah. Um, now their ongoing series, I don't know because I've never read any of those, but I do know like a lot of the main thrust is just Batman uh, grinding up against uh, Doc Savage, and I don't mean grinding in a sexual way. I mean more as like their methodologies don't work. Right. You know, and so they really hate each other at first. That's really cool. I think that's neat. Yeah. Man. Uh, it's a, it's a good it's a good and that's a good uh, forgotten universe. That's a universe that I really wish uh, had, would come back. Yeah, I, I dig that. I mean, like it's I assume it's one of Morrison's fifty two or something. I think they. I to be honest with you, I think DC lost the rights because no. DC doesn't own Doc Savage or the Spirit. Oh. And I I think they lost the rights to both of them, and so I think it's the reason why they, uh, that won't come back. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Well, that that also means that book probably will be completely out of print. <laughs> 
Oh, for a long time. Yeah. yeah. Again, that's the whole reason why I, why I jumped on it when I uh, when yeah. I saw oh, it. Damn. All right. Well, I'll go look for it. <laughs> well, thank you. You put uh, me on a on a wild goose chase for a book. It that is I a good one. We're gonna find. Here's another one I would love to hear about uh, from you. Did you like Supreme Power? Yeah, I think it was good. As I remember, I don't. I haven't read it in a long time. Mm-hmm. But that's that's I, the that's the Straczynski universe. Yeah, Jason Maxwell Straczynski and Gary Frank. Yeah, I read the first volume and it was really dark. Yes. Oh, uh, <laughs> so I like it. I I have the whole collection of it. Now there's two series in that. There's Supreme Power. And then, uh, and that was a Max series. Yes. And then they do squad. They rebrand it as Squadron Supreme, and then they make it like a Marvel Knight series. That's what and I remember they, it being. Was the I, yeah. like, What I was confusing it with was Squadron Supreme, but I do remember yeah. Supreme Power because yeah, yeah so Supreme. Yeah, Supreme Power is uh, somebody in the comments is asking. It's uh, when Marvel rebooted their Squadron Supreme characters and made them basically very adult. I think it's an amazing series. I think it's really good, and it doesn't end in supreme power is the problem and then squadron supreme is not great at all the follow-up to it Mm -hmm. and so it kind of just stops okay and none of the characters get resolution but i think it's so good that i would i would recommend reading it anyway there's also if you just want to read like one little thing of it there's a supreme power nighthawk series yes and it is um it is a series of imagine batman with no morals (laughs) And I'm not saying Nemesis. No. I'm saying Nighthawk. Uh, it, it's a really great series. Cool. There you yeah. go. Well, there you yeah. go. We, we thought we were done. We got two or three for the price. We of got one. a couple more. There you go. Nice. Yay. But, uh, hey, thanks a lot for hanging out with us. Thank you, Jason, for joining me on this episode. Um, Always a pleasure. Of course, call your local comic book store and request they get a copy of Jupiter Jet because it's a solid book. I've read it. I endorse it. And uh, I think it's just a fun story. And if you're looking for something that's like an all-ages title but with the, with the, with the maturity of an actual, like for anyone... I think mm-hmm. you really dig it. It's fun. Yeah, it's that, that's the way we kind of sell it. It's not it's not specifically a kids book. No. It's it's just a book that everybody can read yeah. because we don't we don't write down at all. But it's a it's an idea that we had in our heads for a long time and and now it's physical and real. So right. yeah, Jupiter Jet number 1 comes out in December. Check it out, guys. And uh, we'll see you all next week. Thanks a lot for hanging out with us and of course, stay tuned here on Comic Pop to watch our Halloween episode of Back Issues where we covered Scott Snyder and Jock's Witches. It's a really great episode, I think. But uh, anyway, I saw the fire. Nice. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) See you all next week. Bye.